Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Prince Associates for all your insurance needs, the Phoenix Tube Company, the law firm of Declator Cohen and DePrisco, Solomon Jewelers, and General Needs Charity, serving our homeless veterans with dignity. And now, here are your hosts, Mark and AJ. Joining us now is a man who, what we call in sports, a five-tool player, but he holds that distinction in two fields, sports and the arts. While attending Gibbs High School in St. Petersburg, Florida, he was a dancer, a musician, a basketball, and a football player. He graduated from the Alvin Alley Fordham University BFA program with departmental honors and toured with the Alley 2 Company for two years. His TV and film credits include Marvin in HBO's Vinyl, Marvel's Netflix series, and you and I, Ryan, love this show, Luke Cage, Leave It on the Floor, 30 Rock, the feature film Detroit, and as C.W.J. Stubbs on NBC's Hairspray Live. He made his Broadway debut in The Little Mermaid and was an original cast of Hamilton, an American musical, Memphis, Newsies, and Motown, the musical. I got to see him in his current role as the iconic David Ruffin in Ain't Too Proud a couple of weeks ago, The Life and Times of the Temptations. Absolutely outstanding, currently playing at Broadway's Imperial Theater. It is a, wel- it is a pleasure to welcome Ephraim Sykes to 540 AM Sports Talk New York. Welcome, Ephraim. Hey, what's going on? Nothing much. You know, there's a story from your high school days that kind of reminds me of the old Bone Nose ads where Bo Jackson quickly changes from his football uniform into his baseball uniform. You kind of had a real-life moment like that. Could you tell our audience a little bit about the time your high school dance teacher kind of caught you in a lie in the circumstances surrounding that? Yeah, that was kind of tricky. <laughs> One of my favorite memories, I'll never forget this day, we were playing uh, – it was actually spring season at my high school. For, um, at my high school, and we're playing. Uh, we're playing against. I forget which team it was. I think it was Dixie Hollins or something like that. And uh, I was playing right receiver at the moment. And I literally had just walked off the field. Off the, it might have been my first play of the entire season. And uh, I took my helmet off and I look up through the goalpost and I see this lady dressed in all black with some jazz shoes on, like some jazz dance shoes on, marching very fast towards me. And I realize it's my dance teacher. What had happened was uh, I told her that uh, I couldn't come. We were supposed to be doing our, like, our spring gala performance with the dance department that, uh, that day. So we were supposed to have a rehearsal and like a, a sound check and all that kind of stuff, dress rehearsal that day. And I skipped out on her. I told her that I had a test to take. Uh, the, the, truth, the truth was she didn't like the fact that me and my best friend, Dewan, who's also a dancer living here in New York right now, we're playing football for the football team while we're supposed to be doing you know, our ballet classes and stuff like that. So... Uh, we told her we had to t- take some extra exams, and we couldn't make it to the dress rehearsal. <laughs> and uh, she found out we were lying, and she came back to the football game and literally marched through the goalpost and dragged me and him both off the field to our rehearsal. Uh, uh, it's awesome. <laughs> a little different from Bo Jackson, but, um, yeah, my, my feelings were hurt in front of the whole school. It was good. Yeah, for me, it was a combination of Bo Jackson meets Glee. It was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, sure. pretty much where Bo Jackson meets Glee. That's exactly right. Yeah, I mentioned in the open how you toured with uh, Alvin Alley's second company. What's the difference between the second company and the first, and how difficult is it to make the transition to the first company? Uh, well, the difference is the, the second company is like pretty much the students that are about to graduate from Alvin Ailey and sort of like uh, people around that age that aren't, they're sort of like 
they're on the precipice. They're, they're apprentices. They will be almost like apprentices to the first company. So they're just, just starting their careers. They're just finishing off school, and they do mostly domestic touring. While the, comp- the first company was the premier company, does like the major world tours and stuff like that. So it's like a, it's uh, like being on a JV versus a varsity team. So, so we were like Alvin Ailey JV versus, you know what I mean, versus being on the varsity squad at Ailey. Um, and it's pretty difficult uh, to get into the first company sometimes, especially back then. It's just like uh, because again, everybody from around the world comes in an audition for this company. Um, so it's just a matter of like uh, not not just how well you dance, but also like what role do you play? Like how well do you fit? What is your size? What is your your type, so to speak? Uh, so yeah, man, it depends. It's, it's always a tough it's a tough go at it, but. Which is, a good time there. which is interesting, one of the most prestigious dance companies in the world. And, and you don't make that transition to the first company. But as Alexander Graham Bell said, when one door closes, another opens. So tell us a little bit about how your audition for The Little Mermaid came about. Yeah, man, that's crazy. It's exactly what you said. When one door closes, another door opens. I remember calling my dad after that door in particular closed. And I was like, I, no, I was kind of tunnel vision. That's what I've been training for since I moved to New York. And I was like... You know what do I do next? That I don't. I literally I'm here for this one purpose, and I uh, this door seems to have shut in my face, and I don't know what to do next. And I, it just so happened that one of the choreographers from uh, my Ailey Two Days happened to work have worked on Broadway as well, and my and the, his assistant was the dance captain at the Little Mermaid at the moment. Uh, so they gave me a call and were like, "Hey, we want you to come in an audition." Uh, for the Little Mermaid, pretty much they like they knew they had heard that I could sing from you know I, I grew up singing in church and stuff like that. So once they knew that, they were like, you're the right height, the right type. You know what I mean? Sort of the same thing that we're talking about in terms of getting into the first company at Ailey. They're, you're right for this part, for The Little Mermaid, to replace what later became one of my best friends. So, yeah, man, they asked me to come and bring my book, which in theater terms is like a book full of songs that a piano player can play you can sing along with. I thought they meant the Bible or, you know, my favorite book from home. I was like, I don't have a book. Um, so, yeah, man, they had me to do that. They had me tap dance which I had never done before. They had me tumble. I literally learned how to do a backflip at the beach maybe two weeks prior. Um, all these really wild things I'd never tried before. And I was like, well, you know, I got nothing else to, you know, I got nothing to lose. I got nothing else to do, so let's try it. And literally from that moment on, that I got that job, and I've been going from show to show to show ever since for the past almost 13 years now. Yeah, crazy. I mean, since that role, it's a steady stream of work on Broadway. Memphis, Newsies, Motown the Musical, mega hit, you know, Hamilton, as well as Hairspray Live on TV, all leading to your current role. Prior to Ain't Too Proud, what's the role you're most proud of so far and why? I have to say this one, man. I uh, Playing David Ruffin and playing with one of my childhood, honestly, one of my childhood idols. I grew up on the Motown catalog. I grew up, since I was maybe five or six years old, wanting to be a temptation because you know, especially being the son of a pastor. Uh, but my, my dad is not only a pastor, he's a musician. My mom was a gospel singer, but she was an R&B singer back in the day. We got Motown and gospel in our blood. So for us, uh, this this group and these groups were sort of the end-all, be-all. And uh, I've always wanted to be one of these guys that kind of defined swag and cool and soul to me. Um, and David Ruffin being the, the hothead and, the you know, sort of the troublemaker of the group, also sort of, you know, one of the, the core, uh, the main singer of the group, I, you know, he's somebody I always looked up to. But I never in my wildest dreams would have thought I'd get, get a chance to portray him. So when I got the, the audition, to even, you know, just to come and audition for him, I, you know, I kind of was shaken by it, um, let alone to be able to do this role, try to embody this man and try to understand where he comes from, why he did the things that he did, why he was so sort of almost infamous, notorious in terms of his actions. 
but end up getting it and then sing some of the greatest music of all time in front of these audiences. Uh, it's just, it's, again, I always say it's beyond a dream because I, I, I could never have dreamt this big. So uh, this is the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. Uh, but it's, it's something that is continuing to challenge me and uh, allow me to grow into, uh, you know, a, a whole new person and a whole new uh, level of performance. So I'm just really thankful for it. You know, it's interesting, you know, because, you know, I, as I mentioned, I saw the show, I think, two weeks ago. And I personally was blown away by your performance. And even saying blown away by your performance is an understatement. The staging and your rendition of I Wish It Would Rain Without a doubt, is one of the single most moving numbers I've seen in Broadway in years. Um, Wow. And, and, you know, my wife and I talked about this because we actually just saw um, To Kill a Mockingbird yesterday. Okay. And when we walked out, when we were in the car, I I said, you know, I don't know how, like, I was emotionally drained from that number that you did and also from To Kill a Mockingbird emotionally drained. And we both said, how does a performer get through doing that night in and night out? Because you could tell the depth of soul that you reached to do that number. How physically yeah. and mentally draining is it to do a number like that, especially with all the staging around it and what that song meant in the show at that moment? It's, it, I mean, it's extremely difficult to say the least. Like I said, well, this is the hardest, that number in particular is the hardest thing I've ever had to do uh, night by night, let alone just one time at all, you know? Um, but for me, also those moments and those things that are the most difficult are there for them rewarding. I remember when I was doing the show Motown the musical, I don't know what spoke to me. It was God one day, I feel like that. that I, I just had the urge. I feel like I said to a friend of mine, I was like, I feel like I need to be on stage and I need to just scream. I, I, you know, I was one of those people, one of those kids that I was never good at like talking and expressing myself growing up. I expressed myself through music and dance. And I just remember at that age, feeling like I had a lot of my heart that I didn't even know how to figure out how to express or how to let out i'd never been to therapy before so for me uh i wish where rain became sort of my daily therapy session where uh especially honestly being a young black man uh in this country nowadays that sort of starting to mimic and look like some of the things that they were going through back in the 60s uh i've had i've gone you know we've had a share of trauma that we are trying to find our ways of dealing with and, and expressing our ways of our moments of pain that we especially as men men were taught to stand up and be strong don't show your emotions don't cry, you know, all these things. And, you know, this became a moment that I got to go through a lot of the moments of my life that I held back my tears and let the floodgates open. Uh, So I think that, uh, as well as people like yourself, and um, that I say they connect to that moment and that they feel sort of, you know, my pain in that way, it kind of rejuvenates me. And it gives me, again, my reason why I do what I do, honestly. So I think that's the only way that makes it doable night by night. This is AJ Carter. When you're playing a real person, as opposed to you know a fictional character, uh, put aside Hamilton because you couldn't really copy <laughs> them and see what you know how they talked and walked and everything. Then, but when you're playing that, how hard is it and how important is it to try and recreate them exactly versus making the part your own and have it be you? What I've learned uh, for me, acting has been the newest sort of craft that I've taken on, and what I've learned as as an actor is that uh, as opposed to trying to uh, replicate exactly what somebody did and all of their mannerisms and, um, you know, almost relive their life, uh, I think I find it more interesting for an audience member, even myself, because I, I love watching movies. I love watching theater and stuff like that. It's just how we all connect to this person 
it's not that we need you to sound exactly like this person or look exactly like them or, you know, all this kind of thing. We, I don't want to see somebody imitate somebody. I want to see somebody that uh, is able to sort of break down the major issues, problems, the crux of their life, so to speak. So for me, it became about, uh, well, how do I connect to David Ruffin? How do I see him? What do I think his major issues and problems were? And how do they align up with the things that I had gone through in my own personal life? So then it'd be, you know, it's less about me having to look and sound exactly like him and more just, I'm just trying to find my moments of pain and struggle and also sort of so egotism, if that's a word, uh, <laughs> that he experienced that we got to see of him. And, and we, I, I had the, the honor of being able to still to this day talk to Otis Williams, who was the first original temptation, that is the last living temptation, that got to give me a lot of firsthand knowledge of who this man really was, what he really went through. So for me, it's like, no, let's talk about what he went through and well, uh, sort of why he did the things he did, why he sounded the way he sounded versus me trying to just completely mimic him. You know, it's interesting because you take a look at, at the landscape of Broadway over the couple of years. Jersey Boys, Beautiful Share, Get On Your Feet, uh, as well as several other Broadway shows have that built-in advantage of the, the, you know, the book, the soundtrack, right. where they're all memorable songs. And th this show is absolutely no exception. But the Temps take it a step further because they're also known for their unmistakable harmonies, but their signature dance moves. So what are some of the challenges you face as a dancer to try and recreate those moves yet not copy them from the original moves, make it you know, a little more updated. And how vital is the choreographer in this show to that end? Oh, it's extremely vital. And I think uh, the reason why our choreographer, Sergio Trujillo, and his associate, Edgar Gordino, uh, why they got that Tony Award is because they said something to me was just absolutely genius. They said the truth of what we need to do right now is not mimic what these guys did, but make people feel like what they felt like in the 1960s. Uh, the difference, you know, if you go back and look at the, all their old videos, you'll notice that, like, they're actually not the cleanest, they're not the most polished, but, you know, they dance with a lot of soul and all that kind of stuff. So as opposed to us trying to mimic every step they did and, you know, their actual choreography, what we need to do is let's bump it up and make people in 2019 feel like what people felt like in 1960. So I can influence it with some more modern uh, sort of, choreography and language and feelings and steps. I, I'm doing tricks that David Ruffin never in his wildest dreams <laughs> would have done. Uh, but at the same time, I still look at the audience and I look at people my, my mother and my grandmother's age that are still, they feel what, like what they felt like when you saw this man do these things on TV for the first time, because for them, that's, that's the equivalent. So I think that's sort of the brilliance behind the choreography. We put the same energy, but we updated. Like, I, I, I'm heavily influenced by, like, James Brown but also, and David Ruffin, but also Michael Jackson and, you know, New Edition and Chris Brown and, you know, people like this that make me feel like how my parents felt about watching David Ruffin back in the day. So we got to bridge that gap to not only reach the audience of baby boomers and people that grew up with the temps, but hopefully I look out in the audience every now and then I, I see a guy my age that's bopping with it and loving this music and choreography the same way that my grandparents would have. So uh, I think that was sort of the genius behind all of this stuff and why I get to, in my day and age as a, you know, a millennial, uh, play this part in a way that feels truthful to me.
I have to imagine the two a days that you put in the football had to be helpful because the physicality of the dancing throughout that show is just off the charts. I mean, I I was exhausted just watching you. It's absolutely (laughs) incredible. You know, I was wondering, given the the good amount of your roles on Broadway, harking back to the 50s and 60s, how much did you study that era? And what was your biggest takeaway from, you know, what was going on in the country at that time? Uh, well, I start, I, and again, I I grew up with people like my grandparents and people older than my grandparents always being my caretakers because my father was a pastor. My mother was a teacher, so they were always gone. So I had to kind of depend. They always depended on people of that generation to raise me. So I've been watching these people my whole life. I've been imitating them, and I always thought that how they moved and how they spoke and how they sang and the stories that they told were so cool but also just important and powerful. So I wanted to be able to kind of just marry, uh, marry that to my own life in a lot of ways. Um, and, yes, it's, it's extremely demanding, but, like, thank God I got to go to a place like Alvin Ailey that, uh, as well as being an athlete growing up, that allowed me to know how to fortify my body and uh, be able to willing to train and push myself to the limits. Um, and, you know, it, as, as in football or basketball or anything else, when you're training, the moment that you get tired is just the beginning of your work. Um, <laughs> So that's how I approach my stuff when I do Broadway. It's like when I'm getting too tired, when I think I can't do anymore, that's actually the moment where your true strength kicks in and you start to do things that you never could have dreamt of or didn't know that you were capable of. Uh, so it's a matter, of, for me, of bridging those two worlds of my upbringing to what I learned as a kid and growing up, honestly, as an athlete and as an artist and a dancer. You know, that's why I'm, I'm honored to have this conversation with you guys right now, a sports talk show, because... Sports is such a huge part of my life still to this day, uh, and it, I think honestly adds a lot to who I am as a person and as an artist. Lastly, this is one question we ask of all the Broadway actors or TV or, or film stars that we've had on this show. If you were to choose one dream role, whether it be TV, Broadway, the movies, what would it be and why? Oh, man. It's hard to say. I, got, I, I If I had to choose one, I... <laughs> I'd always say, uh, for me, Michael Jackson was my end-all, be-all. He, re- he was the first person I saw sing and the first person I probably really saw dance. And it was a definition of uh, song and dance. He was a definition of fashion uh, and performance, the greatest entertainer we've ever had, but also his message to the world. So I think I've always like dreamt of trying to embody him one day um, and not only embody him in terms of a performer, but kind of pick apart his demons as well, because we all know that he had some major trauma and demons. Uh, so, I, I, but he was my number one inspiration from day one. So, you know, maybe that's maybe that's coming up. I don't know. So, so if they do a biopic, you're either in that, or if they redo the, if they remake the Wiz on Broadway. There if they go. remake the Wiz, count me in as Scarecrow, please. <laughs> that's actually funny enough. The, the when I, that's my first time working with the Hamilton creative team was working on the Wiz uh, at City Center, nice. um, and I got to understudy the Scarecrow. Uh, so I stayed up all night every day watching Michael Jackson play the Scarecrow, and that's actually the same year the that summer he died. Unbelievable, Ephraim. Yeah, man. Where's the best place for people to keep up with you on social media, and where can they get tickets to Ain't Too Proud? Because, like I said, one of for sure one of the most riveting moments I've seen in Broadway in years. Well, A, thank you so much. That means the world to me. Um, and if anybody wants to come and get the same experience, hopefully, uh, follow me along at, on my Instagram. That's where I'm most active at F Sykes. That's E P H S Y K E S. And if you want tickets to the show. 
check out uh, aintooproud.com. Um, and, yeah, you'll be able to get tickets whenever you want. So come check us out. Awesome. Thanks so much for your time tonight. We really appreciate it, Ephraim. No, thank you. It's great talking to you guys. You got it. Ephraim Sykes, uh, appearing now on Broadway, the role yeah. of David Ruffin in Ain't Too Proud, and I highly recommend it.